All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Oh yeah, buddies. How we doing? It's uh, just right. Uh, quick note. Quick note. How we doing? It's uh, it's Barnburn. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the podcast. Whatever we call it. It's uh, it's good to have you here in the Tower Chrysler Studios. There's Pinder. There's uh, there's Warner. And oh, boy, look, there's me. Listen, there's me. Get your shades on. Get a little shiny. I want to try and get because everyone's giving me shit about it. No, that's your look now. That's your identity. You got to own it. You can't half mile this shit. Yeah. It's like having a saying at the end of every show and then just just, just can't abandon it. it. Yeah. 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 Just abandoning it all together. All right. Well, bad have... form. Oh, I feel so much better. I can tell you that. And look, what's, what's going on? So good. No, his glasses are on now. Get oh, off your phone. The show starts. I'm sending you... Jack a note here. He's got Jack. He's right there. You should have talked to him before. Jack attack. That's right. How are we feeling about the uh, the new start time? Are we all right with it? How Love are we it. feeling? I'm good with it. I like it. Yeah. Are you ready for it though? I think we I should mean, start. I am today. Yeah. Yeah. One day at a time, baby. Because it's hit and miss with me. Some days, like, oh, I'm glad we have a little extra time. You know when I know you're on time is in the studio. <laughs> Sometimes at home, it's like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be on time or not. Oh, but I'm not. Okay. Well, I'm okay. I'm sorry. My observation may be wrong. I, when you're here, you're always ready at 10, is my thought. I'm always ready. I was born. Like, oh, he's mad. He's gone. He quit. He's gone. He quit. He quit he's the done. show. He's had not it. Gonna, not going to go from home anymore. The jack uh, attack. He's driving yeah. in. 
Um, how are you, Retro? What's new? You just post workout. You get the energy drink there. What's happening? This little, is little it's carbs, a, protein. Some, no, it's a coffee, but it's a coffee mixed with a but. It's a super coffee. Pardon me. It's positive a, energy coffee. A, a a soup coffee. Super. Oh, okay, that makes more sense. Yeah. So I think it's got a bunch of protein and junk in it to make me think I'm drinking something good for me, but no chance. So it it's is. really mental health, not real health. Oh, hundred percent. Got it. Okay. Hundred. I got so much stuff I want to talk about today. We don't have enough oh, show. Get at it, Dino. Yeah, we take, are. Take the reins so here. So much. Had to take my. Uh, well, we'll start because we're in the Tower Chrysler Studios. Had to take my truck in. Get your winter tires off. <laughs> well, yeah, winter tires off and uh, new rubber. The uh, last summer when we put the summers back on, the guys at the tire shop were like, mm. "We are not comfortable putting these tires back on." I'm like, ah. Yeah. Come on, just, just give them to me. We'll do this. Limp through. Pal, it's not up to you, you putts. I'll limp through another summer. They're fine. We don't use it a whole lot. It's like, I'll put it off. And then I quit my job. It's like, geez, I really should have really should have paid for those tires while I still had a job. That would have been smart. So anyway, uh, take the truck in, get the tires done. And uh, long story short, needed a ride because my dumb kid was supposed to pick me up, but couldn't. Anyway, so Brian, one of the uh, shuttle drivers over at eh. Tower, takes me home, gets me back there. Nothing but glowing things to say about Tower mm. and about Surge. He Good says, night, Brian. I've worked at a bunch of dealerships. I still do some different uh, driving for different places. I'll tell you what, Tower... The people are the people are happy. It's the best one that I that I have worked for, and I think it's all because of Surge. It's culture setter, Dan. I guess. So I guess you got to quit sugar. Yeah, that's it, Dean. You got to start yeah. doing yoga. You everyone, and then you'll be happier. Make everyone else around you happy. So we all are out. Sugar's out for all of us. I then you can so. set the culture, Dean. You can be a leader of men. Yeah, that's me. That's well, me. not now, but when you quit sugar. Gotta quit the sugar. Yeah. That's a part of another story. And like maybe I'll save it for later in the week when we got nothing to talk about. But yeah, uh, we do have stuff today. You're right. Uh, so we got uh, Frank Saravelli coming up in uh, his usual time, about uh, 40 minutes, 45, somewhere sure. in here. Yeah. Uh, we'll get Frankie on. Love Frank. Uh, the Flames, however, on they rolled out the red. They just, here he is, everybody. Here's our coach, Ryan Huska. You knew he was coming anyway, but here he is. He's wearing a sharp red tie. Looks great. Mm. His family's here. Lovely family. And again, it was another feel-good press conference over at the Dome. They haven't always felt that way, but Conroy, very pleasant. And yeah. then uh, Huska yesterday, just a very nice guy. Very pleasant. It's, a, it's kind of a departure. They're 2-0 and on press conferences, Dean, and that means... Fuck all. I mean, I it's it's lovely that they're nice. I mean, they're they're not two no. They're two and one because the Don Maloney John Bean one was a total cluster. Was so it a loss or do you give them kind of a no? No, that was two that was and one. Lost. They're two no? and one. They're two Extra and one. Six sixty seven points percentage. <laughs> okay. That's gonna win you your division. That's great. But I mean, and all this is great if the team's no good. It doesn't matter. If they make mistakes, it doesn't matter. If Ryan Huska isn't a head coach, it doesn't matter. And I'm not suggesting those things are probable, but sometimes we overreact too much about how the feels are in the room. Oh, it was I great know. vibes for Conroy for sure, and Huska again yesterday. Yeah. Let's uh, hear from uh, from the gentleman. I forget who asked. It was kind of a – because you do wonder. How do you get word? 
was it uh did you come come to your doorstep was it a zoom call do you get a phone call how did you hear that you were getting the uh the job and here's what huska had to say it was uh there was a little kind of awkward time between final interview and finally getting word that he was going to be the new head coach of the team. Your second interview, um, you're always hoping that you're going to hear something sooner than later, whether it's a yay or a nay. And it was quiet for a day. And I'm like, hey, there are still lots probably going on. It was quiet for another day. So then I found myself on the third day power washing my stones in the backyard for like six hours. Like, what was going on back here? I don't have a weed in my yard right now. Because um, then your mind starts to go on. And it was, again, a, uh, it's something for a different time. But... Um, and then I, I talked to Craig, or he texted me that night if we could meet in the, if I can in the morning. Interrupt. We actually went to see Charlie Kabelka sing. <laughs> so Ryan and I were there, and there was there was a lot of people around, so I didn't say anything, which was probably a little awkward. I could feel the tension, to be honest. It was a lot of tension. And then when the concert was, you know, like when she was done singing and we were there for a while longer, when I went home, I texted him, could you meet me at the Dome tomorrow yeah. at 9? And he quickly got back to me saying, yeah, but it was, it was a weird little, uh, I don't know what you I, thought. I felt weird. I jumped in the car afterwards. I'm like, that's it. We're done. <laughs> uh, so I loved getting the text later that night. And it was, I was probably the first guy in here in the morning for sure. Again, if only to play that, to show that Conroy had to jump in there. That Craig had to. I, if I could just get in here uh, for, for a, a cute second. little anecdote. He's the bigger of the flames. That's right. There you go. Uh, Everyone loves him. He's sig just, oh, that's yeah. no. He talks a lot. It's not has nothing to do with endearing qualities. I assure you. Um, so Husk is the guy. We talked about it yesterday. You, you're happy for him. He's taken that route that some people in hockey, some the, you know, observers think you have to if you played or if you didn't play so you start here then you go to here and then you go to here and there it would seem that's the traditional path that he has taken and huska uh, assures everyone that he is ready to be a head coach in the national hockey league hey you're always taking information and as i mentioned with some of the people that i've had a chance to work with and for um, it's almost like you're you're creating your own little book of yes I love this this is an unreal idea this maybe I could tweak a little bit this I wouldn't use um, and then you start maybe building your your profile as to how you would like to see a team play so you don't get that opportunity if you're not put in these situations so I I look at it as this is the way I was supposed to go I had to I had to get myself to a point where I know the players I know the league uh, I know the demands that are placed on them. I know the demands that are placed on the staff uh, to allow me to be comfortable and confident in this position, which I fully am now. And if I go back like five years, everybody wants to be the head coach. Um, but if you're not ready for it, it's, it can be an awful uh, tough time, um, you know, having success. So I feel fortunate that I've done it the way that I have. It's put me in a good position to make sure that I'm comfortable and confident in knowing that I'm ready for everything that's coming. I think I talked to you about it, was it last week, maybe retro earlier this week, just about if you've played, you know, the rigors and just the entire, how the NHL works. Husku very out, for, out in front. He's like, I, I never played. I've, I've coached it, but using that five game, years right? as, yeah. as an assistant being on the bench, around the league, and that sort of thing. There's just things, there's there's info that you gather. There's experience that you gain by doing that. 
and he references five years ago because obviously he was up for the job five years ago or whatever you know before he took over as assistant coach it's it's hard for some guys to hear but it's probably the case it's not tried and true nothing's ever 100 percent. but you do feel like while there's an awkward part of going from assistant to head coach which we'll hear in a moment there's also some real value in being around the team and being in that everyday sort of it's different than the a it's different than junior obviously that's it's very clear but i think that it's it sucks for guys that haven't had that experience to hear but it's a real thing isn't it i think so i talked to jay mckee who head coaches in hamilton and he said the same thing you know you all think you're going to jump in and be a head coach and you know it all but there's a lot to be learned along the along the way so there's i don't never coached so my assumption is there's huge value in learning the ropes and and kind of finding your way and probably effing up under a smaller microscope right like not in the biggest of matches or seasons or leagues right so you're gonna screw up screw up as an assistant coach for Kelowna okay I'm gonna learn from that or watch or watch other guys as head coaches screw up and be like I'm not doing that so yeah all that stuff so yeah uh, he's been at a long time so there should be he should have had a pretty good learning process and and to be doing it for that long it should have a pretty good grasp of what's required so yeah you hope him the best everybody likes him and speaks highly of him so fingers crossed the assistant coach we've talked everyone's talked about it it's it's and and he was ready for the question he said as much going from an assistant coach to a head coach it happens it's kind of rare and then if it happens is it successful does it work he is uh, very confident in in that as well he thinks that uh, as he tells you here being around this team as closely as he has been is a benefit more than anything else moving into the head coach spot. Certain people, it, it, it's maybe easier for them to make, hey, this guy's going from being a 1,400 game guy in the NHL to a head coach. For me, that's not the path that I was ever on. I wasn't a good enough player to actually have a, uh, a decent NHL career. And I, I recognize the realize that, but I wanted to be in the NHL. So I knew in order for me to get there, I would have to take a lot of steps along the way. And part of those steps is earning trust. Um, and you do that in each and every step. And I feel like I did that with our guys here as, as uh, and a, a head coach in the American League. I feel like I earned trust in a different way when I came up here as an assistant. And I'm going to do the exact same thing as a head coach now where I'm going to earn their trust. But the big thing for me is consistency in how I approach individuals and the team and preparation to make sure they know that I'm prepared, um, to allow them to be prepared, and then there is no more issue, period. As and I think is your point, Ryan, good luck. Yeah. This is great for everybody if it works. Yeah, and work, like, please, because there's been a pattern here, and this doesn't really break the pattern. It's gone from hard-ass to nice guy to hard-ass to nice guy to hard-ass to nice guy. And, uh, you know, and we have seen some assistants go to heads and it works really well. I think we made the list yesterday. Brenda Moore, Granado, Evison, Barube, Burnett had one great year. Lane Lambert, everyone's speaking very highly of. They make the playoffs. Um, but but there's also guys that have had a lot more time than Ryan Husk on, on benches on assistant 
as assistants. Like he, he's not so overqualified they had to do this, right? He's he's probably very much in the middle of the bell curve in terms of like how long guys are assistants. Um, like Jamie Compton tonight, you'll watch on the Florida bench. 15 years as an assistant in this league. So it's like it's not like Ryan was overcooked here, but maybe he is ready, and you hope he is ready. And, and trusting that you know the people that know him better than we do chose him, I think he probably is ready, at least for his first shot, right? And I think there's some guys that don't want to be head coaches, or just know they aren't. Like Glenn Goldson, yeah. I think you know, great great thinker, could not seem to command that group. You know, he's throwing a stick into the stands, trying to get their attention. Certainly doesn't need help on X's and O. Was a great assistant. Probably the same with Jeff Ward. You know, everyone thought that way about Rick Bonus forever, who was a big part of John Cooper's early success. Um, he's finally got his second stint, or, you know, much later on after seemingly over a decade to be ahead in Dallas. And now, and that was after the incident that I think they had in Dallas with it's, Jim Montgomery and then Winnipeg. Like, it's, th- there isn't just this, oh, like, check the temperature. Is he ready? It's, it's complex. Wow. And isn't it getting painfully obvious well it's getting painfully obvious to me that the fact that they've been bullshitting about having a great room is rooms an issue yeah look under every interview every conversation that any of the all these press conferences there's i gotta get earned the trust and we gotta do this and and i i I, i'm not disrespecting ryan his take or his what he's saying but what's very obvious to me, if you really listen, is the issue is the effing room. Right? Well, yeah. And the, the, the coach was a massive issue. X's gone. and O's are all the same in the league. Let's be honest. There's small differences amongst 32 teams. There's pretty standard stuff. It's about getting guys to buy in. Yeah, I mean, I, I he talks a bit about some systematic changes that I'm I'm, I'm curious about because we, we talked about it a lot this year. They sure are settling for quality, quantity over quality. They got to find a way to change that, and maybe that's personnel based. But I really don't. It matches up way too much with Daryl's past to say it's just oh he didn't have the right horses. Like, eh. that that the way he won cups might not work anymore. You know, to grind teams out to three two wins and. Uh, and that, yeah, like I have a clip in the pin report we'll play later, but I, I think, yes, everyone knows the X's and O's, but this team does need a bit of a tweak in those as well. Not just the fix the room stuff. And look, we'll, we'll see how much fresh air is in there with Daryl gone. That, that, that was a part of it. I think it's fair to say, and we talked about it over every bloody day, all winter long, there's no one magic bullet. It's, it's, it was a number of things. You had a coach who just lost the room. You had players who weren't handling their new situations. Well, they had guys who were having babies that weren't handling. That's the, like, there was, there was so much going on mm-hmm. in a way that they were as close as they were to making the playoffs. It's not a miracle, but it's, you know, it's probably a testament to just what it is. I, I do. I think it's little tweaks in, in terms of gameplay. I think the mood in the room will be better obviously they talked about it a lot yesterday about fresh starts and positive energy and upbeat and culture and all this sort of thing to your point Rhett by game 10 what are you by game 20 what are you it's still the players and are the players is it going to be such is the room in such tatters that that guys are like thank god that guy's gone this is our room now we'll do whatever the fuck we want because that's no good either. That's as bad as it is the other way. 
you want guys to control the room, but when they think it, it now it's wow. a country club because they've got a nice guy coach who's going to give them some space because he's new. And were they close in the pl- to making the playoffs because Daryl actually pushed the piss out of them and squeezed as much yeah, as he could out of them? Or are they you know what the mean? opposite? Yeah, you yeah. go the other way too. Oh, now we don't have this guy yelling at us. I'm gonna. I don't think that's going to be the case. But yeah, and the other factors too were. You know, it, it definitely reading between the lines, there's a lot that was said about Daryl yesterday. Um, that was a really negative room and a place where people weren't happy showing up to work. I think there's certainly a lot of questions. It was suggested by some insiders that none of the seven players were willing to extend if Daryl was back in terms of negotiations that'll happen this summer with pending UFAs. And then we, you know, we could ask the question, would Oliver Shillington be coming back? Uh, like we don't know how deep that is, but we'll see. And and to, if they look like the same club as last year, then you know Daryl's taken too much of this on the chin. But if if all of a sudden this is a reinvigorated group that looks like a contender, it's like oh man, that must have been awful in there. But we don't know. We weren't there. We can only try to read tea leaves at this point. He was asked as well about uh, his bench because obviously he was a guy that was running uh, the D side. Here was uh, both Conroy and Huska were asked, but here's Huska on adding or augmenting to his staff on the bench you bring people in um, that provide balance to myself and the rest of the staff so you want different experiences you want people that have been around different people different ideas and that's something that's important and you also want a group of people or coaches um, that you can be comfortable with around each and every day that's so important because we spend so much time together, but we do have a list that's being built and that's going to be priority now for me to get working on that. I mean, what, what happened there? Like it's, yeah, he's got to go find assistance now. You want to not hate your assistance. Good. Yeah. That makes <laughs> nothing no, there. No sense. Hey, see what I'm doing to you? No, but it's annoying. It sure I'm is. pointing at you. You're the fucking guy for the job. Yeah, make me a cover letter again, Pinder. To dude, AI did that, and it'll take nine seconds. Jack, Listen, we need a cover letter in the next ten minutes. We fuck around. Why not Rhett Warner? Why not you? You've not had a jo- a job. You played That's your why. entire life at the position. That's why. There's other guys around who have done it, much like, much like a, a GM needs guys around him that do some other things, and head coaches need other guys. You're the fucking guy they need. You're no bullshit. You relate with with players. You got kids that are just slightly younger than some of those guys. You're you recognize when it's time to work. You recognize when it's time to have fun. When guys are too tight. When guys are too loose. They need a guy to run the fucking blue line. You're the guy. Yeah, I shouldn't have run my mouth, I guess, so much. But I haven't got any phone calls yet, so. Well, you got to just... show the initiative. You know, you got to let them know you're interested. That's the, hence the cover letter, the resume, that stuff. <laughs> I've asked for a job for over a decade straight. <laughs> well, there's but well, I you mean, have that one year, right? Yeah. You have a... <laughs> Volunteer position. I mean, look, I mean, we're having, I'm not even having, I'm not even bullshitting about this. The, 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 here's the thing is the whole culture, everything's changed. This is a, this is a very, the players are the same. Everything else is different. It's Conroy. We believe, believe Iggy's coming in. Haska, this is your 
right. generation. I'm not, I, I'm not sheepish about it because I don't want to do it. Or I wouldn't. <laughs> I'm sheepish about it because I don't. I don't have. He's going to want guys that he knows. I don't. I know him a little bit, right? Yeah. I'm love to go and talk to him about the job. I don't have a resume that has uh, any of standing behind a bench other than the kids stuff. So it's going to be a huge knock. So are the, any there's a million guys that are going to want that job. So how do you stack up? I'm again. I, I would love to go do it. Yeah. I would absolutely love to. I've always thought about it. But I don't. I don't know how you jump the queue. Well, it's it depends who who determines what the queue is. Yeah, go to the top. Well, you heard Huska you heard what he but, No, but what I'm saying is, if if I'm Ryan Huska, how do I determine who's at the top or the bottom of that queue? Is it just naturally? Well, this guy spent 20 years behind a bench. That makes him the most compatible. Or this guy's a great fit with our coach with our coaching group. He is the style of guy. He would fit in well with like that. Huska's the guy those, in Conroy. Those are the guys that are deciding who's in the queue and who's a, a, a better candidate than anybody else. We don't need to go on and on about it, but I just, it's, it's all falling kind of into place with, with how now again, I maybe thought it was going to be Mitch Love, but Conroy was coming in and we think again, at some point is coming in. This is just is just a natural fit to me. You and you know, if if Husk is a nice guy, you're an asshole. So it balances out. It might be a good that, right? Yeah. right? If it's I've all got... about this, he's too nice, you're such a prick. Harmony. I'll just get up. And if I need to be nice, I'll get off the sugar. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Get start leaning you out. Move back to Calgary. Let's start with that. Do you live in do you live in Canada? Let's Ten go days. there. Ten days. All right. Uh, we're going to have Frank Cervelli coming up. What time are we at here? 24. 24. Okay. Let's, um, we'll spin here. I'll play the, the Conroy stuff. We were going to do that after Frank. I wasn't sure how stuff. Long. Uh, Conroy, I, I guess for starters, well, let's do the, you know what? It was the Huska presentation. Let's go there. He, he talked about the PowerPoint and mm. when they were doing the interviews and then second round of interviews, what was it about Huska specifically? Obviously he knows him quite well, but what was it that pushed Huska over the top and past the finish line to be the head coach. Hung, you know, he had it right from the beginning, kind of what he thought the weaknesses were, how we were going to play, different things he would change, uh, video as far as defensive zone, offensive zone, set break. I mean, it was a, it was quite a detailed process. I don't know how long it took him. He did a great job putting it together, and it was very. The one thing he's always. You know, even when you talk to the guys, his meetings are on point. What he's trying to get across to them is easy to follow. You know, they never said, you know, once he explains it once, they're like, okay, we know exactly what he wants. He's articulate, he's well-spoken, and he's very attention to detail is second to none. So, and that's what it was in that whole presentation. You know, it, it flowed. He never gets off topic like I do sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so I was like, this is impressive, you know. So to go through it and to see what he wanted to do and just to see, like he said, a couple tweaks on the defensive side. I did have a hard time every now and then. I'm like, oh, there's a guy wide open in front of, you know, how did we have the breakdown? Where is it? And just the way he wants to kind of just subtly change that would make a huge difference in my mind. So I thought, oh, that's a great point. I didn't think about it. And then he showed me videos of teams that did that in the NHL already. 
and it's not going to be that big a change, but I think it's going to make a big difference. That was the thing that killed you this year. It's like, oh, the shots are 12-2 Calgary and a breakaway Islanders score. one nothing New York. You're like, holy shit. And then Markstrom's save percentage on first shots was like sub 800. Like, they, they didn't allow a lot of shots, but there was still way too many odd man rushes and breakaways. And it was baffling because it was the team before that I believe led the league the season prior and even strength goals allowed. Like they were, they were right there for the Jennings. If not for some special teams goals, they win that thing. Like how over one year with a similar decor, do you go from so airtight to so fucking sloppy? Ugh. It's funny you mentioned that. I'd kind of block that out of my, uh, yeah, right, well, this, it's easier yeah. that way. Hammer the bleach and forget it. Yeah. One, nothing. Oh yeah. Right. It's uh look just dominating on the shot clock. Mm-hmm. Scars. But what? 30 Chicago. games in? It's like, you know, I'm starting to think this uh, quantity over quality isn't, uh, isn't all it's cracked up to be. I'm not what? sure this is the recipe. And that's just the offensive side. The defensive side was frustrating because it's like, yeah, they, had, uh, they only allowed 23 shots. Like, yeah, they had five two-on-ones and two breakaways. Like, how is this happening? Like, this, you know, you're tripling the shot clocks and they're outchancing you. What? <laughs> they need some tweaks. Yeah, they do need some tweaks. And he ran the D, and if, if he feels passionately about changes they need to make, it does sort of beg the question like what's chain of command i think it's safe to say that in both chairs you've got more collaborative minds now than you did prior and to to craig's point he did go i mean as craig you know goes on and on but he did mention it's just this is they're very much on the same page that we said with craig make sure you hire a guy that you can work with the brad daryl separation however larger insignificant it was it was significant enough to be a problem so make sure it's somebody you can work with he was asked about mitch love who i think felt like to a lot of people it sounded like it i kind of felt like it was going to be the guy he is not the guy he uh he was there till the end as conroy said conroy was asked about mitch love with uh the wranglers unbelievable job uh, two-time coach of the year in the American League. So he was right in that final four, I'll be honest. He was in the final four, and he's confident, and he knows he can do it, and he's ready. I said, I, even I told Mitch, and uh, you know, I'll be honest today, that I think he needs a little time in the NHL because you know, even as a player, when I went from the American League to the NHL, and then there is a step and there's a learning curve. And to just get thrust into that, without kind of going through that, it's not fair to him. You know, I know he believes 100% he could do it and not saying he couldn't, but for me being a first time, you know, GM in the league, to have someone that's kind of went through the steps the way I kind of envisioned it in my mind um, was probably the difference in making the hire. Well, is that a shitty question to put in front of Oscar? Right, I, I get that the question could yeah. For, for Conroy, it's fine because he's supposed to answer those questions. But I feel it's a little weird. <laughs> I feel for us going to be sitting there going, oh, so flip of a coin. Yeah. Uh, better wow. better this way where you got the job and he didn't. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. And there again, the it's whole coaching have... thing, that if it's not written in pen, this is how you have to become a head coach in 20 years from now. Mitch Love might be a far superior NHL coach than Huska is, but timing at this point, I don't know. I, I still, and we've talked about it a lot. I just, I, 
how much of the success or lack of success as a coach in the A is on you as opposed to your roster? Because yeah, you're dealing I, with rosters that are handed down to you from parent NHL teams, and it could be the difference of one or two players. A player who's this close to being in the NHL could be a star for you. But if your team needs a, all of a sudden there's an injury, that player goes up, spends the year with the team. Now you're without your best player. It just feels like you're you're a little bit more at the mercy of what you're given. Of course, yeah, and, and same at the NHL level. Like like Luke Richardson's sure. coaching record is not going to be good in Chicago for the first three years. Like we get it. Um, I really think if, if it's that close and you have two great internal candidates, hey, that's awesome. How, when you saw what happened in this market last year, could you not place a lot of stock in someone that knew exactly what went wrong in that room last year? Or at least knew more than all the other candidates. There's no way Mitch Love would be able to unpack and know and build a solution for what happened in that room uh, next year, as well as Ryan Husko was. And the more I keep thinking about that comment that Bruce Boudreau made the other day, the more I'm like, yeah, if that's your biggest concern and your biggest issue, not that there's not enough talent, because that's one thing, but that that room needs to be right. And if it is, this team can be a contender. You have to go to someone that knows how to, that has the greatest knowledge of what went wrong in that room. It's not like there's a file they're going to hand over. And then on October 13th, Daryl said this to a rookie, like some one of the guys was there. None of the other candidates were. Take some that, serious balls to hire a rookie coach by a rookie GM. Yeah. And Huska brought brought up, and of course he loves the, the guys of the room and believes they could play for each other and, and all of that. But I do that's that's the it, it's maybe one of the rare times where the going from assistant to head coach, where it's looked at as maybe how do, how do you now win the room over? How do you convince the guys that you have that upgrade in power? To your point this is probably a time where it's a good thing to have been in that room for a period I think of time. So. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I mean, Rhett mm. keeps saying it's a massive issue and no one's pushing back. Um, and how much of the, it, that issue was the head coach versus the players. Huska knows more than we do. Huska knows more than Connie does. Husky know, Huska knows more than Mitch Love does about where the, those issues lied and didn't lie. One final one from Conroy, again, a different setting, but he was asked about Jonathan Huberdeau, if he had talked to Huberdeau or specific players about bringing Husky in, and he said he had, but this was Conroy on his most recent interaction with Jonathan Huberdeau. Making a big trade, coming here, the contract, everything like that, he put a lot of pressure on himself. So we're trying to take the pressure off him and just say, come have fun, play. You got to play your game. We're going to give you an opportunity. And, you know, one of his things was, I need to be on the ice, Craig. And I said, you're going to be on the ice. I mean, that's that's what we do. I mean, when you have top players, you got to put them, like Ryan said, in positions to succeed. He can't do anything with two minutes ago sitting on the bench. He needs to be on the ice. He needs to be given that confidence. And I think once you do, he cares. I mean, that's the one thing I know everyone doesn't know him that well. It I could tell it bothered him every day. Sometimes he wouldn't. we wouldn't talk. And... I could just tell where his mindset was at, but we need him to get back to having fun, coming to the rink, playing hard. And you know what? You're going to make mistakes, but put him in a position to succeed. You'd love to know, eh? When, when did it go sideways? How did it go sideways? Oh, he's taking a shit. 
Like, was it the? How uh, early was that? Well, it was early. That's a easy. I, I don't disagree with you, but yeah, we don't know. We're from afar. Right, there I has mean, to be that more was when... to, There has to be more to a down year than one comment from a oh, coach. Oh, of course. I, I just mean when when publicly you realize something ain't right here. That was the first thing. Because before that, it was this is the most talented passer the Flames organization maybe ever had. You're but like, even there, right? Like, well, in hindsight, back, you're wondering if it's tongue in cheek. But yeah. at the time, you're like, wow, this is going to be great. And you had that incredible setup in a preseason game, and you're like, oh, this is going to be great. You know, you've just replaced Johnny's points and gave him Johnny's contract that Johnny didn't take. This is going to go fine. He's maybe the greatest passer the Flames have ever had. So you know, Daryl was told how great a passer he was and wasn't convinced, so decided to throw that one out there. <laughs> sarcastic, big D. Jesus Christ. If that's the way it went, yeah. I mean, it's hard to not uh, view it from the lens of how it right? went. But maybe, maybe at that time he believed that. I don't know. He was taking a shit. No, he was hurt but, and getting work done on the medical table, and you took a shot at your player. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you think he's soft and he's not hurt enough to go to the medical table, but like he wasn't taking a shit. That was unnecessary, <laughs> and it immediately it's... put pressure on the relationship. External, well, maybe, but let's. Oh, I don't need to go. It to was. That. You know what though? It's another one of those things where you go back and you realize that that's a funny thing to hear at a press conference after a game. People laughed. Where you're like, just think of what other coach. <laughs> uh, John Cooper, where was Kucherov in the final? I think he was taking a shit. <laughs> you wouldn't see that anywhere else. Fucking Sutter. Ah. Yeah, Craig Button said oh. something yesterday on, on TSN that I thought was good. So Daryl Sutter's still a great coach. Daryl Sutter did not have a great year coaching last year. And I think both those things are true. Like when you think about the Pelche thing as well, and these are just little things, the tips of the iceberg to me it's the... over the ocean. We don't even know the stuff that Yeah, it, but that again, you're up. so e you're so You've been convinced that it's it's that side that was the problem. I'm trying to say to to people listening and to Pinder and whoever was he frustrated in saying those things because the problem was there, or was he creating the problem? I think it's both. Yeah, I think everything's both. I don't think this is binary at all. I don't think this was all Daryl and everything's solved now. Like I like I've said multiple times today, the issues in the room they're still there. Some of them. Yeah, but all of them are gone. Again, I don't know why I feel the need. To, well, it's because we do this show and you have to argue both sides of <laughs> of a point. He's not 100 percent of the problem. We all know that. Yeah. But we're but most people out there, media especially, want him to be the whole problem. It would be convenient if all the problems were gone. Yes, but it's not real. Yeah. Part of it too, and we talked to Matt Stajan the other day, and he was talking about playing for Bob Hartley, and guys hated Bob Hartley. But that team found a way to come together, and it galvanized them. It was an F that guy. Mm -hmm. Let's If we win, we win. I mean, yeah, by, he's going to come up, but F him. Let's not watch our season go down the drain because we all hate this guy. And they didn't win a cup, but they made the playoffs and won a round because well, of They're it. not the first team to ever do it, right? Like Kings did it with Daryl. You kidding me? Yeah. So did the Rangers with Keenan. Yes. Like it, I'm normal. saying it goes back a long way. There are a lot of coaches that were dicks. And the teams went, eh, beat it. We're going to we're here because of each other. He is our NHL insider. He joins us for 
Bonton Meats, the original Bonton Meat Market, opened its doors in 1921, and all they've done since then is provide the highest quality product, treating customers like family in the process. AAA Alberta beef, free-range poultry, grain-fed Alberta lamb, milk-fed veal, fresh Alberta pork. It is all there at 28 Crowfoot Circle Northwest, Calgary's Consumer Choice Award winner for Best Deli Meat Market. Online, bontonmeatmarket.com. From Daily Faceoff, he is Frank Ciravelli. Hello, Franklin. How are Hello, we boys. today? How you doing? We're good. We're just... Uh, Got a new coach here. Yeah, it's the uh, asshole too nice. Asshole too nice. We're, uh, we're on the I roller coaster. I love that coaster. roller coaster. It sounds yeah. like uh, me and my house. Do they is do that... that elsewhere? Or is it just in Calgary where they alternate back and forth every two and a half years? No, I think they do that elsewhere. Okay. Yeah. Does it ever I mean, work? That's what the New York Rangers are just about to do. So. Well, tell us more. Oh, just Gerard Gallant, Peter Laviolette. Who's the nice guy? You got to fill us in here. These are Eastern Conference guys. Uh, I'll just tell you this. I, let me just give you a, just a little small window into uh, Peter Laviolette. Um, spent a lot of time around him in the very early part of my career. And I, some, not all the time, but occasionally I would get a copy of that day's paper and story that I wrote with hmm. some things highlighted and underlined and some comments in the margins directly from the head coach's desk, almost like he was my teacher. Is that right? Is, like, this so is, that, is that nice? Really question mark? Like, no, it was like, or is he being a prick? WTF? Like what? Uh, like it was like, it would be uh, it was a fascinating experience. Uh, came to really enjoy spending time around him because I think he's a no nonsense guy, uh, obviously, but um, he is what he is. Is it the Oxford comma? Was that what he got him every time with no, you? No, it was, it was never okay. grammatical. It was always a content driven. It was always a. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was wondering. Is it grammar or was it I more think some, your. Like, uh... An occasional comment would just be like, this is complete bullshit. Yeah. Where did you get this from? Like, that, that was. Uh, that's occasionally how it worked. So, with uh, the musical chairs, it's all starting to come together. You mentioned Gerard Gallant. Uh, is going to be without a chair here? Uh, yeah, it seems that way. Look, they had a, the Gallant group had a conversation with the Flames. It was very cordial. It was very short. And it was a part of it was financial expectations. The Flames were not willing to pay anywhere in the neighborhood that Gerard Gallant would be operating. And therefore, it was a very short combo. Yeah. Yeah, because Craig publicly said he's got lots of – he didn't have any financial restraint. But that's what every GM here has said. So it's kind of part of the job is that you say that. What's he going to come out and say? Yeah, no. hey, I, I just got hired here, and guess what? This owner does not want to pay a coach. Yeah, you don't say that. I don't know how we're getting a coach with this, with what he's giving me to hire somebody. So Boy, expectations better be low, guys. I've yeah. got a really tight budget on this thing. Is there any well, if any of you guys coaching also, AAA in town? If you're uh, looking for a head coaching gig, give me a ring. They also hit it kind of at the perfect time because they had quality in-house candidates that were ready for, and I said candidates, plural, that were ready for promotion that weren't going to command a high pay rate anyway yeah. relative to others in the NHL. So now Conroy gets to focus on player personnel decisions. He said he, he was disappointed he couldn't get to the combine. That was one of his favorite things mm. to do is go to the combine because he had to hire a coach. So now it's on to the roster. Uh, Huska said he had spoke with Elias Lindholm that morning. Conroy was planning to do the same and all of that. It feels like that's, that's and they've said that. It's priority one. We talked a little bit about Noah Hannafin 
yesterday and I, we put up your board that you had the ufa d market mm. it's not a bumper crop which I think could affect some guys of this and teams like Calgary with a Hannafin-esque type of a player who is maybe entering a final year, some questions about whether he can be extended. It would make a Hannafin-like player a little bit more attractive, right? A lot more attractive. I mean, look, especially with the contract that he's on in this one last season of his deal, because if you're thinking and not thinking, it's a fact, there's no conjecture or opinion in this, the cap is going up in a real significant way one year from now. The only question was, would they be able to cut it off and sort of smooth it out a little bit? Um, that's sort of where it's heading. And so if you can, if you're a cap strap team and you could get a Hannafin at sub 5 million bucks for one year and then worry about paying him later when the cap's going up, it becomes way less of a headache. So not just, relative to this free agent class, but also relative to contract impact and timing. He's a significant trade chip for the Calgary Flames if they decide to go down that path, which I think, look, you got a real good sense of the playbook and plan from Craig Conroy at the first press conference that he had. Asset management. That was the buzzword. There's some significant scar tissue remaining from the way the Johnny Gaudreau situation played out. And, you know, I, I just have a hard time believing that those three players in particular, Toffoli, Hannafin, and Lindholm, will end up playing for the Calgary Flames on opening night if they are not signed to extensions beyond next season. What's a good comp for Hannafin? Like, do you see an example? I always look to that uh, Hampus Lindholm swap, Anaheim to Boston, the immediately income there. And maybe that's not a good comp, but a similar age. They're not massive point producers, but they do contribute a little offensively. Big minutes. Certainly you can put them on a top pair and not worry. He's played with McAvoy since he arrived in Boston. Hannafin's certainly a top pair guy here when they put things that way. Like a first and two seconds for him. A first and two seconds for Hannafin back in the day. A first and two seconds for Dougie Hamilton back in the day. Does that sort of feel like a starting point or am I way off here? No, uh, look at you, Pinder. You're you're on track. Um, I, I think when you actually boil down Hannafin's game, so you saw the price paid to get him before, his game has actually really grown a lot in the last two seasons and beyond. Um, he's significantly better now than he was then and that's not always what happens. Sometimes there's stagnation. You don't always get the growth that you'd want. So comp-wise, I, I think that's right in the realm. I mean, in some ways, you might think that it would be even a little bit better than maybe he's not quite up to Hampus Lindholm's level, but the additional year of contract flexibility mm -hmm. that you get from that, I would have to think puts him that return right in the same neighborhood. And so if the Flames are looking at, say, that collection of picks, are you better? Or is it just part of the pain of getting younger? Do you immediately turn some of those around for players? Like, how, how should Craig tackle this? Well, I, I think you probably tackle it with an eye on both. You take what you can get in terms of players that you think can help your team right now that fit your age scheme as you want to get younger. So think 25 and under. And if you can take some of those picks and draft really well, you feel confident about the range that they would be in since we now know where the draft board lines up, 
only you can look at your your scouting list and and know to some degree of confidence that you would have in the selection. And if not, find a way to move it to improve your team in the here and now. Like I think both it, it really the equation depends on how many of those three players are on the move. And then I can better answer it. Where do you see Elias Lindholm in the I don't know, power rankings or the pecking order, just the even Western Conference, just in general, because we talk about it here. He's your number one center. He is, but league-wide, where does he fall in? How much of a priority? How desperate should the Flames be in trying to keep Elias Lindholm? Pretty desperate, because I don't see anyone coming that's going to replace him as your number one center. And I don't just mean number one center on your team's depth depth chart. I, I don't know if you if you were listening to us because we actually had this exact debate yesterday for like 10 minutes on the DFO rundown with Jason Greger, where we went through and named the centers in the league that we would put above Elias Lindholm. And I think the sort of no doubters, the guys that you don't really have to spend any time thinking about, the McDavid's, the McKinnon's, the Dreisaitl's, et cetera, I think the list that we got to was somewhere around like 12 of those guys before Lindholm fell into that next tier of players. And so I don't know where your cutoff line is. Everyone has it different. Are there 15 authentic number one uh, centers in the NHL? Are there 18? Whatever it is that you deem as part of that criteria or crop. I believe that Elias Lindholm is in that group. I think he's sort of right in the same range and tier as Dylan Larkin and Bo Horvat and some other guys. He's got the 40 goal season. He's got the 80 point season. And unlike Larkin who hasn't hit those thresholds and Bo Horvat who hasn't hit those thresholds, he's a runner up for a Selkie. Mm -hmm. So you know that you're getting the complete game that you really require from someone like Lindholm. I think he's, a number one, like big reason why Ryan Husko is on the phone trying to get this guy to want to stay in Calgary, whom someone that he, he should probably also know pretty well from being on the bench the last few years. Like there's not this whole interview process or feeling out that like someone like Lindholm would have to go through had it been maybe even Mitch Love who spent his time in the AHL or someone else that came from outside the organization. He should have like a damn good gut feel right now, June 13th. Do I want to be here or not? And I don't know where all this is heading, but the early indication, the early rumblings were that the Flames are going to have a hard time getting this guy to sign in a timely manner that they want him to. I don't know how much of that has changed, if at all. Now that Ryan Huska is in the position, you know, this was sort of smoke that was gathering late last week, but that would be really tough news for this team to take given his impact. And given, like I mentioned, the scar tissue that exists in this organization, knowing that they don't want to go down that path again. Yeah. Financially, if you're an agent, are you not telling all your guys to wait as long as possible? We only see the players get more leverage and more dollars here. I don't, uh, how much is, Elias Lindholm's leverage changing probably not that much like the numbers are what they are like he's somewhere in the Larkin Horvat contract range eight five sure at the very most eight seven like that comp isn't going to change 
drastically when the cap, even if it increases by 7 million bucks next summer, at some point they're going to go back to those players and say, look, this deal was just signed last year with Dylan Larkin. Mm -hmm. Love the guy, but he ain't getting more than this. Well, so the only reason I say it is that, you know, if, if a deal isn't done in a week, they can still talk about the deal. If a deal isn't done in a month, they can still talk about the deal. If you're at the deadline and you're in a playoff spot, do you not see the the, the dynamics well, changing of the negotiation? I don't think it's ever going to get to that point. Okay, it's so you're saying he's I'm signed saying, or like, traded by camp? I, I, I think it's like signed or traded by like draft week. So I, don't, I, I really don't see them messing around with this at all. Maybe I'm misreading the situation and there's been no clear edict, but – I think there's a number of teams that are sitting here. I think Austin Matthews, you know, not to build it a bridge too far, but I think there's real pressure on on the Leafs to try and want to get him done before July 1st, before that no trade clause kicks in. I think in this case, you want to have a real good answer. There's two trading periods in the NHL. That's it. It's now or it's at the deadline. And if your mission and mandate is to be a playoff team next year, you don't want that hanging over your head. You don't need that, that issue. Um, and you certainly don't want to be in a spot where you're like, do we cut the legs off of our team in March because we have to trade this guy and get something for him. Mm-hmm. Isn't that, uh, well, it is what it is, but that's the fear for the flames and fans and us is that it's more of a Lindholm decision than anything. A hundred percent. Right. It's it's always been a Lindholm. Like even even talking about the Hannafin thing, to me, I I think you move if you move them. All you're going to try and do is fill that that spot on the roster again. But the issue is is it's less about what you want to do and more about what Hannafin wants to it's do. Asset management, yeah, totally. That's and how then, contracts I, work, though. I mean, no, I know it's a two party deal. Yeah. The thing, uh, the other thing I see with that is Conroy might have a vision for this team, and that vision might be let's keep those guys and and go for the playoffs again. But I, if you're moving those pieces because you don't want to, because you're getting good value and good return, of course, it's a. Does that mean the rest of this team you're going to try and move? Like if they move those two guys, I don't know how they're competing for a playoff spot. Well, again, we to go back to boom's question, we don't know how, how that's all going to work out in the sense of if they are moving them, how much of it is it for now? And how much is it for the future that that's where you sort of, can you serve both masters at the same time? I think it's hard, but I think it's possible. Um, And I think if you want to look at a good recent example, it's the St. Louis blues. Like look at what they're going to do this summer with their picks. They've got, I think, 128 and 31 something or not one um their other pick is like in the 10 or 11 range somewhere around there um i don't have the board in front of me but point being they have three first round picks they're going to keep the first one and select a player for their future and then they're going to trade those other two late round picks and they're going to get something for right now and it's going to be something decent and worthwhile and a core piece that they can use for right now and beyond so can the Flames do that? It's a tightrope to walk. And the best laid plans that Craig Conroy may have had heading into this position and all of the optimism that may have flowed from that, knowing this is a good team that underachieved last season, you may want to bring all those players back. And I, in fact, I think his plan is to push to try and bring all those players back. 
But as you said, it's a two-part issue, and they have to want to be back, which is why Craig Conroy said the first question he's going to ask is, do you want to be a Calgary Flame? And I think that's the best question to ask and such an important question to ask because if you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe, kind of, uh, let's see in six months from now. Don't you have your answer? Um, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Rhett. No, I'm, I'm agreeing with Frank. I think you do. I just, it's, it's fascinating. I don't know if there's a team in the NHL that's had more major potholes to navigate over the last 12 months. Or maybe even, yeah. I guess it's 14 months. Oh, I think that's accurate. Sure. <laughs> and it's uh, it's 10, 25, and 29, the picks to St. Louis. Hold. Another example, Frank, is Vancouver. They move Horvat for a first and immediately turn that into Philip Peronic. They're not getting younger. They keep a player rather than wait four years to watch a kid develop, yeah, right? But now look at the spot that the Canucks have backed themselves into. No, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying it's good, but it's where they should have been moving right? cap space. They end up with more spent than they originally had. Yeah, we've talked about it a little bit here. The last because you go back a year ago, a little less than it's the sign and trade with Florida with the Kachuk deal. And is this going to is this the new on vogue thing where you get the extra year and the other that's all part of the negotiation? It makes sense for the team that's trading the guy. And if you're the team that really wants him, you're OK spending the dough and giving up something to get him. Are we in the new era of the sign and trade? Um, I would say what we're in the new era of, I'm, I'm going to take it a step back from that and say that really what you're going to see change in a big way is teams do whatever necessary to avoid being in a spot that the Calgary Flames were in with Matthew Kachuk, where he's an RFA with one year to go until UFA free agency and they have no leverage. Mm-hmm. You see that right now with Pierre-Luc Dubois and Alex DeBrinket. Two other Canadian teams, one of those players being DeBrinket, an American-born guy that is like, well, now what? All they have to do is signal to whoever we're not re-signing. Not only are we not re-signing, but they control the trade market now. We're not going to this team because we're not going to re-sign there. Whoever it is, they have full and complete leverage, whereas that's not actually the way that the system was supposed to work. It's supposed to work that you have that leverage one year later in unrestricted free agency, that players have found a way to use their voice in a significant manner, which they haven't done previously, to say, I'm out. It's an NBA. It's like an NBA-style thing. I, no more. No mas. Not coming back here next year. I'm not re-signing with you. And yeah, Can the team shove an arbitration contract award down their throat? Of course they can, and force that player to be back for one year. That's what the Jets could do with Pierre-Luc Dubois. Issue him a qualifying offer and say, hey, we're taking you to ARB. We'll see you in the lineup here in October. doesn't make sense for anyone to do that. No one wants that stink around their team. If you don't want to be here, we'll get you somewhere else. But I think part of the other push and pull that needs to happen is Other NHL teams need to be in a spot where they're willing to pay to get these players out of those positions that the leverage can't totally be gone. And I think that's one thing that the Flames did a really good job with last year is you are getting a damn good, in Kachuk's case, franchise-altering player. You got to pay. I don't care if you think he's going to be in a year UFA a year from now. You have to pony up and give us the goods. And the Flames... 
uh, were able to make the move that they did. Brad was able to do that, right? I'm just thinking out loud. Berkey, years ago when he was with the Flames, didn't trade, I think, I'm trying to Camilleri. think, it was Mike Camilleri. Yep. He was like- Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. I can't set the standard of giving guys away for nothing. Will there ever be a situation where a team like Winnipeg with Dubois says, does what you said, even though they know, even though we all know it's not the right thing, but just to set a standard of, we don't, we're not getting bullied here by you. I don't think those. I think those days are those gone. days are over. Yeah, because it I hurts just, the team. It hurts the Jets. They're not getting the haul that they could get. Right. That's the players what are too. But it good. also hurts the t- the player. Right. If the player goes out in his horse shit and doesn't just to put prove up- a point, he then also hurts himself for the next year too. Uh, I just I don't see a way in which in today's world with social media and the constant news cycle how many times are people going to be at, at every stop that player goes through the whole season it's like hey why didn't why why did this happen this way it just becomes a thing a headache a cloud that yeah. no one needs and more to the point like honestly and and Rhett, i don't know if you agree with me or not good on the players for speaking up and saying you know what i'm out I, I, I don't like want it anything and I to don't. do with this anymore. Yeah, I like it and I don't. I think there's something special about being able to – I think the NHL sh- – in any team in the NHL should be held in the highest of regards so that it is an honor and a privilege to be part of that organization. On the other hand, well, you shake your head and what, go play well, in I, a, I shake my head go because look at Go play in the KHL of, if you want to maximize a, your dollar. Go ahead. Look at what some of a joke these teams are. You think the Arizona let, Coyotes okay. should be held in the same regard? I don't want to have to do else? it again, Frank. I don't want to have to do it again. <laughs> oh, he, oh, geez, wow. Oh, so, I, I, by the way, there was some social media controversy <laughs> about this. I get like I got tagged by a couple of people. They were like, Did, anyway. "He didn't actually shush you. Why are no. you crying?" Yeah. <laughs> judge, um, the judge is ruling. We went to but, New York in Central Command. There. He, what did he they shushed say? you. Yeah, uh, they said uh, yeah. the, the call in the field stands. You were shushed. Yeah. Listen. I was going to finish, but that's I was going to get to that. I I true I believe that the NHL should be held in that regard. Are there teams that f it up and don't treat their guys? Hundred percent. There are circumstances where it should be, but you look at some guys like Fox, Adam Fox, unbelievable. He wanted to go to the Rangers and he ended up there. I guess that's great, but 
it's going to screw up the league if it turns into that everywhere, right? Like if no one ever wants to play in Winnipeg or Calgary. It's only an elite class of player though, right? Like it's, we're right. talking Kachuk, Debrinket, Fox. Like Stars it's only really that. star you players. You don't think do it'll that. trickle down? Look at what happened with the Oilers when they started signing their young guys to the, the bigger deals. And now that, that – and. Whatever. I guess I'm just saying what, if, if you're so third in, line in the NFL, what was it? Eli Manning that refused to go to San Diego, yes. San Diego, yeah. okay. Philip Rivers draft. Yep. Okay. So like, why did anyone say, whoa, 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 like this could be bad for the league. If someone forces their way somewhere, I didn't, I don't remember or recall that conversation then you're just like, I, yeah, I, that guy has a, ch- a choice. You can go, you can be vilified for it. But Adam Fox backs it up with a Norris Trophy. Eli Manning backs it up with two Super Bowls with the Giants. Like, whatever the conversation is, like, it's on you to then go out and perform and and have balls the size of a dump truck at the place that you go next. Yeah, it's leverage, guys, isn't it? So you don't give a flying F about any of the fans in those other centers, though. No, that's exactly what they're saying. They don't give an F about any of those fans in Winnipeg, and they don't care. Pierre-Luc Dubois doesn't care how much you hate him and how much you boo him next time through Winnipeg. But, okay, well, the, uh, the part of the reason I did – it's not even that I disagree. The slippery slope of it is that it's not an honor to play in the NHL, and I'm – damn it, I'm owed this. That's a business, right? And, and, isn't and there you're something treat- to that? And, Everything. I just said, if you want loyalty, get a dog. Didn't I say that? Well, that's and hard so- to fucking do, Frank, when you're in a dressing room with 20-some guys. That's not how fucking winning teams perform. Guess what? I don't. If I'm the general manager of one of these teams, I don't want that guy. Get him out of here as fast as possible. I will find 23 guys that want to be in, on this team and play for this city. How's it going in Winnipeg? They bring in guys, they bring in talented guys, and now they're just pissed. They're just leaving. You think you I, have a I plan. I don't know about you guys. And, and look, you guys all have your own personal situation. But if someone said to me, you got to go do your job tomorrow in Winnipeg, like I like Winnipeg, like I would go. Hmm. Maybe I'm them. weird, but like if, if the situation is right, you pay me enough, you know, whatever. Like I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not even thinking twice. I'm like, I view it the same way you do. I'm just saying in the sense of the way this works, the truth is you're always going to find 23 players that want to be there. You're going to find someone that is a Damon Severson who says, I want to play somewhere in Western Canada. I'm from Saskatchewan. There's enough of those guys out there that you can still have a good team. It's just a complication of the post in Calgary, in Winnipeg, in Ed, wherever it Buffalo. might be. No one's saying that in Edmonton anymore. Remember got- the Milan Lucic contract? We were like, holy shit, what a deal this was. They had to overpay to get a guy to put down boots in Edmonton and say, I want to be here. No one says that anymore. It's it's not the, the – Edmonton didn't get any nicer last time I checked. Like, yeah, they got a new There's arena. one reason guys will go play in Edmonton, and one reason alone. Like, bingo but you get one of those guys in winnipeg yeah but what if that guy says i don't want to play here that's what you're saying is that he's got the right to say ah oh, i'm not it's the lindros thing well like it worked out Abs won the cup yeah, yeah. that's it okay there look, look, look flyers won the cup with lindros didn't they frank didn't the flyer oh 
look, but look, go look at that trade again. Oh, it's one of the most one-sided yeah. trades of all time. Peter Forsberg alone was better. Never mind the rest of that package. Yeah. The fact that yeah, the the Nords won a cup. They just happened to do it in Denver. That's and they wouldn't have won that cup if that stupid Patrick Waugh hadn't oh, demanded geez. a trade out of much. I see. It all comes back to him getting it screwed in '96. Right? Yeah. should have seen well, it coming. Do you think Colorado wins that? They don't get through Detroit if they don't got Patrick Waugh. <laughs> Why did no one even interview Patrick Waugh for a head coaching opening? Well, he resigned today. Does, does the fit in Ottawa make sense? Yeah, I think it was you and others that suggested some of these ownership groups are, have been having conversations with GMs and coaches. So uh, a source says that the one of the Sens bitter, bidders had reached out to Waugh in the last 10 days to gauge his interest on the Sens. I just haven't been able to connect the dot yet as to whether the Michael Anlauer group was that one that reached out to Patrick Waugh. But, I mean, it feels like he's accomplished everything that he can in the queue. That team's going to be really young next year in Quebec. Um, I just – what more does he have to prove? He's already won a Jack Adams as NHL Coach of the Year. He's got four Stanley Cups, three Conn Smythes as a player, and has now gone and filled his trophy case on the coaching side – I get the stink that was around him from the way it ended in Colorado, the abrupt exit, the wrestling back and forth on player personnel decisions. But damn, this guy that watched the fire at the Mem Cup that burns within him to win, like sign me up and put that guy on my bench and I'll deal with all of the other bullshit after the fact. Do you want him standing behind you if you're a player with that fire coming out of his friggin' ears? I I'd want to win. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Same with all the hard guys, right? I want to ask you one more question because my concern is with the flames at this point. Okay. If you're, if what, and is there a market for Kadri or Huberto? And the only reason I'm asking this is if Hannafin and Lindholm say, we're not interested in coming back. Does that open up the floodgates to, and if the return you get, isn't going to make your team better. Is that, are we going to go completely? Can Conroy go scorched earth earth policy? And he, I mean, yes, the answer is yes. I don't, I, this flame, it always comes back to ownership. This flames ownership group has never had the appetite to go scorched earth. And I think they're way too far down the track with Huberto and Uyghur to really even, you can't even ever really bottom out. I don't think. No, so, I'm, I'm saying to Huberto too. Can you trade all four no, of those guys? You can't trade Jonathan Huberto right now. That's okay. And until Caudry looks like Caudry, there's still six years left for a guy that I think is 34 in camp. I don't know that camp. you could yeah. trade Uyghur right now. You'd have a, I think you'd have a tougher. He, he tough came around a lot, Frank. The last three yeah. months of the season, he he was significant. I was I, no one was harder on him than I was when they signed him and brought him in and t- tried telling me he was a top pairing to pair you know defenseman. I'm like, what? I don't know what the hell you guys are watching. He came a long way. For the last he was part of the end. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's seven years times six to five. We saw not, you don't have to go complete. Mackenzie Weger's not going to keep you from finishing last or in the bottom five. Do you know what I mean? And I don't even know if that's no, but the three of those guys together, Weger, Huberto, and Kadri probably do. And Markstrom, if he bounces back. 
was going to say, Marsham can do a lot of things in the stands. We've seen that I, the last I, two years. As, as a, the, the point of the question was, I was actually curious if you believed there Is was there even, a market? even a market for Kadri and Huberto at this point. There's not, I don't think there's a market for Huberto, but I, there potentially could be a market for Kadri. I mean, we kick it around. You always hear it again. It's, is this hockey people? Is this executives talking about it? It's the Huberto to Montreal with uh, Landis Cog out in Colorado. Could you use a center back there, a guy that won a cup? I don't know what kind of taste he left in their mouths when he left out of there. I, I find, I'm like you, Frank. I find it hard to believe just the term and the dollars and then for the Flames yeah. to have to sweeten the deal for the teams to take them, plus have to eat money in some way, shape, or form. There's that tipping point just, where is it? Where where does it not make sense? You're just cutting this? your nose off to spite your face. Yeah, and the one thing that'll solve all this is the cap going up quickly into a very high number, and we we still don't have clarity on that, Frank. And I feel like that's hanging over this whole off season. Like if you're trying to trade a guy, teams have no idea how much cap space they have right now. That's got to get done in the next two weeks. Yep, it does, and I don't have any indication that they're any further along in hammering it out. Hmm. There's so much I wanted to talk to you. You know, I think a lot of this, uh, some of this will uh, sit for a week. I think we can get... Uh, shelve it a bit? We can shelf it till next week. And so then... where, uh, when do you guys get to Nashville? It's a quick in and out for us, because I think it's kind of like Vegas for me. If I'm there more than four days, I'll die. Quick in and out. Pinder, that's all you've ever known. Yeah. Not going to fight uh, you here. It's a Tuesday to Friday type of a deal, I believe. Tuesday to Friday. Wow. We're going to miss the awards gala, which is devastating for both of us because we love seeing professional athletes read off teleprompters while hungover. It's going to be super honest. I was more concerned that you're going to miss the team dinner on Sunday night. So, team. Mm. Yep, that's that's a shame. Tis. My my budget just got bigger on the wine bill, though. So, thank you. That's uh, that's good to hear. Yeah. And and what? Five a.m. pizzas? Is that what we can expect after the high kicks? Got to reload. High kicks and I'm actually. See, I'm in the process now of scheduling some IVs for the week. So <laughs> yes. I just wanted to know when I could pencil in Pinder for yeah. uh, Wednesday morning. So Red has done the Nashville IV circuit. He's the yes. guy you need to talk to for Red, sure. Red, you got a guy? Oh, it's, <laughs> it's not hard to find now. I think you could get I think you could get the IV while you're rolling down the middle of Broadway with mm-hmm. one of those pedal pub things. Pedal yeah. Pub yep. things, so. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, yeah. That's, yeah. I'm not, I'm not kidding. I'm actually scheduling those right now. So if you want in, okay, hit me well, up after the show. We'll text after text the show. me sandwich though. What's the Red, are you cost? coming? US dollars. I've got to see, I've got to see where I'm going to be. I'm driving back from here. I think on Monday or Tuesday. So I'm undecided. <laughs> Well, like, how much more do we need to tell you? Uh, Frank, he will know within a day or two of him arriving or not arriving. He was here last week. He said, when are you leaving? How long are you here till? He says, until I leave. Like, one day notice he was coming, less than a day notice he was leaving. That's how he lives. It was old school, Frank. I got home and the shoveler was a little... Early flight from San Diego. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I got more questions asked. (laughs) Shove up till Nashville. It'll fit better there. Yeah. Your was the second dad there when you got there no, or no? Yeah. Touchy okay. situation. There's a, lot, there's a lot of things going on in the uh, yeah. Awkward right. for sure. We'll, we'll, we'll talk off air. All right, pal. Counts. We'll talk to you uh, in a week. See Sounds good. There you go. Frank Zorvalli, our NHL insider with Daily Faceoff, the presentation of Bonton Meat Market. You know we love Bonton Meat Market. We love the best. They are the best. Say no more. 28 Crowfoot Circle, Northwest. It's Tuesday. We'll get to the Warner 
weekend barbecue forecast later this mm. week. It's too soon, right? It's Alberta. It's at Calgary. We can't do it uh, just yet, but we'll we'll figure out our plans for the uh, for the weekend coming up. I'm frightened, mm. and the reason I'm frightened is because I uh, we've discussed this with junior hockey. Kids get drafted and they don't have say where they're going. And, you know, on one hand, you're going, how the hell can this be? And then on the other hand, well, these teams have to, they have to have a path and a, a way to get players and, and fill rosters and, and, and have success. And they can't bid for guys. I'm just worried that, because I see it with kids already. The entitlement is astounding. And it comes from parents, and it comes from minor teams, like youth hockey program. We want to give you the world. Kids moving in Ontario to different cities, and they're to play on different teams, and people paying for their rent and the homes. The I, I want the players to have their rights and the ability to earn a living and treat it as a job, but I also want the game to have the respect of this is the NHL. It should be an honor. Yes, it's a business, but it should be an honor and a privilege to play there. And no. when you take that away and it only becomes business, you're going to lose that heart, that desire, that passion that we so desperately crave while watching games during the regular season. It's going to go away and it's going to become robotic and boring and monotonous. And we're not going to like it as much. And I just, I'm very fearful of that. Yeah, a lot when of people said that happened in the mid-90s and with lockouts and things like that. Like, at some point, it's you're not a mom-and-pop shop. You're a $5 billion business. Like, And look, if you're a lawyer, Rhett, none of these things exist. No law firm stands up on a podium and says your name and gets to control you for until you're 27 or have seven years of service. Um, other sports, the draft isn't a thing. Um, I think what you're talking about has already happened in a lot of ways. And psycho sports parents have been around a long time and it's not just hockey. Like, I'm sorry that they have been operating as if they're contractors since they're 12 and 14. Why are we expecting them to not act like contractors? They, they are. And I get it. Like there's something nostalgic and, and lovey about it, but like a lot of these owners are dicks and these teams aren't nice to people. Like, I'm sorry. It's business. Do you think it has changed or is it just because we are now so much more privy to hearing about it? You know, okay, Kachuk comes out because you think about the Adam Fox thing. Maybe you don't hear about that before. Maybe it's you don't hear that before. Kachuk, uh, I'm, I'm not going to sign, so I'm going to give you a list of teams and then you can make a trade. Because I, I don't think it's been a case where everybody was happy to be in the place they were in because they were just so thrilled to have an NHL job. I just wonder if it's become more acceptable for it to be common in public knowledge now. I think that's a good point. Like in the mid nineties, you watched all the great flames that won in 89 ask out of town. And I mean, that hurts, but it was like salaries were rising quickly. It was a business. Their agents said, they're not offering you market rate. Get the hell out of here. Ask for a trade. I mean, it's just, the numbers are bigger. The spotlight's bigger. The media covering is more and to your point. We know more about it. When, when someone like Doug Gilmore or Al McInnes or Gary Souter, Gary Roberts, like the list goes on. All those guys said, I'm out of here. That was your, five I mean, years ago. It doesn't make me happier. No, no but it's like, it's not new. That's my only point. It's 30 years ago. And we were, I was going to add to, we'll, we can talk about it next week because I don't know, but you see what's happening in Winnipeg. It's 100%. Where, there. So I, I, I 100% disagree with Pinder on that. Daryl Sutter didn't get run out of 
dressing rooms in the 90s. Neither oh, the did players the assholes. Different for sure. The players are that's different. That's the point. That. Yeah, that's but, what no, I was But they've trying. always, they've, 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 it's not like this, this nostalgic love of the game. Like, where was that when Doug Gilmore wanted out? Was it way stronger or was it the same? Like, I, I understand that you have to, these are different people, but there's always been this, like, I have to do what's best for me and I'm sorry, I, got, I want out of here. That's, hap- that's been happening forever. Or those guys that I just listed didn't ask out of Calgary. Like, I guess Gary Roberts, I Don't probably missed. Don't be Pinder. No, I mean, Gary had, was hurt. Don't so about it. And I'm, all I'm saying is that I have a fucking respect for the game, and you're just, it's business. No, no, I, I'm not discounting your respect. I, 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 you, cert, I do see your respect for the game. The point you're making is you have respect for it. What I'm saying is that sometimes we get so caught up in the now that we feel like all of this is so new and outrageous, but to Boom's point, we just didn't hear about guys asking out in 1992. That's all. So you followed up with "You're a fucking idiot," Warner comment. I didn't say anything like that. Right? To... I don't know why you always turn to that when I that's provide your a tone counterpoint. To people. That's well, your I'm tone. I'm sorry about my tone. Is that what you interpreted, Boom? That I said yeah. Brett was an idiot at the end. Sorry, I'm breaking up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Brett, you're absolutely right to feel those things. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just providing a different perspective. Okay. Damn internet. It's a problem with this internet stuff. Can you guys hear me? Check one, two. You got... Uh, time for the Pinder Report, a presentation of Village Honda, Northwest Auto Mall, and online at villagehonda.com. Get your piece of the million-dollar buy-in event. Get cash for your vehicle. Village Honda pays top dollar. They'll throw in a tropical cruise to boot. Find out more online at villagehonda.com. Village Honda presents the Pinder Report. Uh, boys, we start with Ryan Huska yesterday. As we've talked about, here's a nice little anecdote about, uh, well... Him growing up and the power of the NHL. A dream coming true yesterday in many regards. Here's how he grew up thinking about the Calgary Flames. Didn't know there was going to be some alumni here, so I'm going to go off my original plan for one quick story. Thank you guys in the back for being here. When I was eight years old, our team, minor hockey team in trail, won a contest to have breakfast with members of the Calgary Flames. And Colin Patterson and Joel Otto were the two guys that I got to at eight years old have breakfast with. Uh, and something I've never forgotten. And then you spin it forward. We had a dad's trip a few years back, um, and Colin was on that trip telling jokes and, and you know, just really made me aware of how strong and powerful the alumni of this team is. And it's something that I've never forgotten from eight years old, and seeing these guys back here is, is a pretty cool thing. Uh, elsewhere, we heard uh, this was interesting on systems, guys, and I want you to react to this. He sat down with the flames in-house crew to talk about more x's and o's than we heard in the main press conference volume and and zone time that we worked on a lot over the last number of years that's what wins now it's our job to find a way to create better quality chances the same way as i'm saying we have to give up less quality chances on the other end of the ice so we have to tweak things a touch to make sure that we're more committed to getting inside on the offense um making the connection between our forwards and D that much stronger. So um, our D men have the trust and the ability um, to be more active and move around to create tougher coverage for teams to be able to play against us. And and I think by us being able to do that, we're going to get some a few more grade A chances. But the shot volume and zone time, zone time in particular, is hugely important because yep. you can wear teams down. And if you're always having the puck and making them have to try to defend you for most of the night – makes it difficult on them. So that's something that's still going to be there. It's just a matter of, of tweaking and finding a way to get a few more dangerous looks for our team as well. 
So any thoughts on that, Dino? We kind of brushed over that earlier, the shot quality versus quantity at both ends. He's had a very good seat for five years to see the the mistakes and the, the great plays and all of that. I, I, I do trust that he sees it. It still comes down to that there's there's the want and desire that you need to get to that area that he's talking about. There's the smarts and all of that because there was a lot of nights where whether it was a power play or whatever, it was just little. It seemed like it was little things. Where it's like God, like like he like he Conroy had said, how did that guy get wide open? Or you had said, how are they giving up a breakaway? That it feels like that's by NHL level. That's that's fundamental stuff that you should have have nailed down. I. I have no, I have no doubt that the guy knows his shit. He was a respected junior coach. He coached in the American League. He's been here. I think he has the know-how. It's now, can the players read it and and react to it, put it into action? Uh, do, do we remember his? This isn't going to be his NHL coaching debut, guys. As a head coach, do we oh, remember his right. head coaching debut? Yeah. Daryl was coming through the 14-day protocols after they fired Jeff Ward. He wasn't eligible to get behind a bench in that crazy, what, 56-game Canadian division shitstorm of a season where they didn't trade Gio Rent. Uh, and Brian Husko went 0-1-1. I believe one of, the, one of the ones was an overtime loss to the Ottawa Senators, if I'm oh, correct. Uh, you're bringing up such great memories today. I know. Yeah, Just yeah. such fond memories. And, Dean, I, I, because I'm an asshole and I argue with everyone with bad tone, you were wrong. He has played. One game of the NHL with Chicago. That's right. So he's got 40 minutes on Kron there, I guess. Just take shots at everyone while I'm going, right? Poor Kron. <laughs> like, Kron. He's, he hasn't, his name Innocent hasn't bystander. been in this conversation. He hasn't been brought up in months, and you haul him out to just throw him right under the tire tracks. Tonight's sorry, game Kron. five in Vegas, Florida, on the ropes. Uh, we wanted a good series. It's becoming difficult. Becoming difficult to see a, a long series here with Vegas on home ice. And to be fair, I think out playing Florida for the vast majority of the series. Uh, here's what we wonder about Florida as well. Will they be missing Matthew Kachuk? Ah, looks like there's been some extra skaters working pretty hard to get back in that lineup. And Dino, like, do we care? Is it curtains already? He, he missed well, a that, bunch of time before a couple of late shifts, if I'm correct. Yeah, he missed some time there, and he was out at the end of that game, but it looks like he's got one arm going. They've also got – they're banged up, and they're down in the series. It does feel like just respectfully let it, let it end kind of a thing. It's in Vegas. Just let it come to an end. It's been a great run for Florida. It's too bad if it, if it does go out with a bit of a whimper, but we have not had – a ton of compelling hockey for about a month now round three was really kind of lopsided even though rod brindamore would disagree and there has been stretches where this has been close obviously had an overtime game in that but by i mean by and large vegas has looked far more composed than the team to beat uh okay senators have been sold this is, uh, if I told you a couple of years ago that the Sens would sell for around a billion dollars, American, Dean? Uh, well, not even, right? If we were doing this show, I remember sitting in, in the studios like, they're not going to get a like a billion dollars for the Ottawa Senators. Like, well, you get a bidding war, and next thing you know. So uh, Downtown land sitting there staring at you, waiting for a new rink. Congrats to that guy. 
the billionaire that owns 10% of the Habs that he'll now have to sell. So if, if the Sens are worth around a billion, we're, rough, we're you know, just vaguely throwing numbers out there. What's his 10% of the Canadians worth? Yeah, Two billion? Three? Evie Stevie. No, it's not Evie Stevie, but no. we know the Habs are worth way more than Ottawa, right? If it's is it is the Habs now worth two billion? This is wild. At least, right? Yeah. Crazy. Uh and then Jay Fresh had this lovely thought on on the senator's sales process as well. How can they pros- possibly survive without an epic celebrity tied to the team? That was a big thing early. Gary wanted Ryan Reynolds, then Snoop Dogg was there. So this isn't the uh the weekend? This isn't his group or Snoop? It's not the LA superstar famous uh... movies music people group. I was really hoping for Snoop Doggy Dog. Well, the Kings and Ducks still have him, I guess, then. That's the good news. The greater L.A. still has you know Snoop what we, watching. You know what we need to get is him from the All-Star Game or the awards show, because we could play that now in full yes. uncensored glory. <laughs> could we find a clean version? Yeah. That, that, that's, no, that's I want the dirty part. version. That's what I'm saying. In our oh, new I, environment, I mean, we could let the F- yeah, Can we get a clean Let's like go. no one's bleeped this yet. If we could find the original, RJ, we got a project for you. Yeah, that there sounds you go. good. There you go. Uh, and then finally, there was this from Mike Gold, who's uh, an odd duck that works at Flames Nation. Phenomenal work Why covering. Why is he an odd duck? What well, because he tweets stuff like this. Uh, no one else would find this except Mike Gold. That uh, Latvian legend Arturs Solovs, who of course uh, got them their bronze medal in beating the Americans at the World Championship, is now signing people's buttocks with um, a sharpie. So there's uh, we, we could have given you the photo, but this is you're welcome, Dean. We'll leave it at that. If only we could all have such high levels of celebrity where we could be out and about and signing buttocks. Dear we will uh, move to the NBA final. This uh, last, how much did you watch last night? My, my one kid, I said, OK, if you brush your teeth, get your pajamas on, you come down and watch the end. You got to watch the final 30 seconds tick off and then to watch um, Joker. You know, operate as if he was returning library books, not winning a championship. Saw on Twitter that it was completely lopsided. It's good. It's good. The job is done. We can go home now. (laughs) We can go now. It's over, right? He really wants to go home. Do you see how how many times he was referencing going home? They asked him, sorry, you're ready for the parade? He's like, oh, when's the parade? Thursday. Thursday. I can't go home till Friday. I got to go home. I just want to go home. I like that guy. Yeah. Well, there's Happy. more from him because he looked pretty docile there, but he's still behind closed doors, even with cameras, was a little more fired up with the Canadian Jamal Murray here. As, uh, actually, you know what? We'll start with him celebrating. He's still subdued here. So they weren't playing at a high efficiency level. <laughs> That's not how you win a championship hey. and spray champagne. Come on. Ah, yeah. Is uh, it's a wa- this is a this is really a waste of of beverage, guys. Why don't we just drink this stuff instead In Syria, of spraying? We don't it. waste the champagne; we drink. It's very level-headed. And then this uh, with Jamal Murray, the Canadian, who uh, was crying and had a phenomenal postseason again after coming back from big injuries earlier in his career. Uh, yeah, they had fun in the old pool. You think the seven footers went in this one, Dean, or are you taking the other guy? That was only ending one way. <laughs> yeah. So Denver wins five games. Nice little run for Stan Kroenke, their owner. Of course, he owns the Colorado Avalanche and the LA Rams and SoFi Stadium and Arsenal. Yeah, he's, he's a lot of Finally, money. Finally, 
zillionaire. Or Finally caught a break. That's nice. Yeah, I like to see, see that. Yeah. So, proud of him. Uh, we will move to the U.S. Open where it's uh, back to work for Nick Taylor. He, with a practice round with fellow Canucks, Corey Connors, Mackenzie Hughes, and Taylor Pendrith today. Lots of Canucks in the field at the U.S. Open, Dean. L.A. Country Club. Fancy pants. You know what they've been doing there? Making it impossible for golf. Let's watch them drop this golf ball on the left side of the fairway, which is a bit of a hill. It's slanted a bit, Dean. So let's say your drive lands right there. Watch them go. That's across the fairway, not towards the hole, not towards the tee box. That's taking you through the fairway laterally. And, yeah, it's going to end up in the rough. That's good. Make those pricks work. Yeah, maybe just turn the fairways into marble floors. We'll They're getting all this that. Saudi money now. Go get it. Go earn it, boys. It is the U.S. Open. And Don't land in the fairway. Just go in the rough like the rest of us. Show Seriously. Off. Welcome. Welcome. To, this is the and this is the tournament, the U.S. Open, where the scores start to look like golf that we've seen, not like nine under rolling in 72 footers, but like <laughs> I've done that out of the grass. Boy, that sucks. Oh, he's still in the trap. And oh, geez. Yeah. Screw yeah, those guys. This is humiliating the best. That's the U.S. Open's policy. Uh, finally, a couple items for you. First off, uh, what do we have here? Number 98? I'm trying to remember what we labeled this one. Oh, Alberta used to be great. Make it great again, Dean. What happened to all these epic water slides? Yesterday was hot. My kids were saying, what's the story with water slides? Look at this is on Twitter. Yeah. Do you remember when there was epic water slides were what? Near Windsport there. Was it Wild Rapids? Something like that? Yeah, it's before Like it's before one my Alberta time. Deer. There was well, Sylvan Lake, Sylvan Lake. one, right? Yes. Yeah, and it was, I mean, it was... What are people? Why are we not doing these anymore? What, did you not want to do this yesterday when it was plus thirty-two and you left your house? Well, I think there is probably about three weeks of weather yeah. out of the fifty-two where you could use a water slide or a water park in Alberta. I, I just wonder if it's profitability more than anything else. Yeah, we need that Andlauer to buy some water slides out here for us. Yeah, come, come on, on let's Dick. go. Maybe the new rink will have water slides in it. That'd Talk be nice. To Murray. Yeah, lots of budget there, I guess. Uh, and finally, I, I don't don't know if this is Aussie Brad or not because we knew he had Trigger the dog, but uh, this is not a dog. But this is an Aussie, I believe. Let's let's go to the footage down under, mate. Cute dinner dates. Oh, try it with the sauce, bro. Trust me, you'll like it. I believe this is yeah. opossum. Is that an opossum? <laughs> you like it? Yeah. Want or is that more? some Aussie cheese no. sauce? Not a koala. Mm, tasty. <laughs> tasty. Thank you. Could be Ozzy Brad. He sounds like he's in one. Is that Trigger? Hey, bro. Is that... Right, man. I'm just showing everyone that What's the name of his dog? Trigger. Trigger. Yeah. 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 yeah, so... I don't Get know. Cheese on fries that's... if you have a possum as a pet. I feel like that's that's got rabies for sure. I was going to say, no double dipping with that guy. That's yeah, not going to no work. double well. dipping. Gross. Hmm. Yeah. So did uh, that's your pender board. Did Rick get called by the flames? What's going on here? I'm not sure. Huh? I have a good idea what happened, but uh, too bad your internet cut out there. Yeah, um, we could have used a mediator at one point, and you decided not to, and just you know, oh, sorry, what's that, Dean? Are you there? Uh, well, I'll I'll explain to you in a moment. Uh, okay. Village Honda, Northwest Auto Mall, your dealership for life, paying top dollar for your vehicle. They got a million bucks to buy used vehicles and load up their lot. It's great news for everybody. Sell them your vehicle. You get a tropical cruise to two. You go to Village Honda. They got the used cars. And if you're selling the cars, hey, you a little cash in your pocket as well. VillageHonda.com, your dealership for life up in the, uh, the Northwest Auto Mall. No, I, I think it's... I don't want to... Do, 
as 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 a host of a thing, you know, when mm-hmm. you're on radio or television, you you kind of back away, you kind of let things breathe, and you let kind of things kind of go. That felt like a I'm going to let this play out kind of a thing, mm-hmm. and, it, and it did. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Which is interesting because I have a video now, and I had labeled this as and before we play it. So just hang on. I had labeled it as like it's Pinder and Boomer, but it might be something different today based on what happened. Somebody on social media, I think it was Instagram, sent me this video and they said, I don't know something to the effect of, I don't know why, but this, this just made me think of you and Pinder and it did strike a crazy. Yeah, that's very good. So apropos of nothing, this has absolutely no basis on anything other than somebody sent it on social media. Now you could maybe insert uh, Warner in place of, boomer but uh this is boomer and pinder um you can you can pick which one is which and whom is who based on how this plays out (laughs) you're playing chop chop timber here i don't know what he's doing it's just oh god so i'm the i i'm thinking i'm probably the hairy heavy otter what is that that's too big to be an otter that ain't an otter um and I think you would be the uh, the gorgeous uh, duck there. Yeah, whatever. very lean. Uh, is that a beaver? Uh, look at the chompers on it. It could be a beaver. Is it got a? Is it I got can't a, see the tail. I need the flapper on the bottom. Where's the tail? Yeah, tight, tight shot, tight shot. So anyway, there you go. That's uh, like I say, no real sports tie-in, but. That's all right. I'm, that doesn't hold us back. I was going to say, is that, boy, where has that been an issue before? Talk about mm-hmm. fucking baloney for an hour. Oh, God. Don't do it. It's already 11.34. Oh, man. Don't uh, you know save what? it. We got a full show tomorrow. Or no. No, but see, there's Why? Jack. Come on, Jack. Just say no. Baloney. Oh, I, it was the day we were talking about it. I had to stop at uh, the old, that super store. It's super there. It's so super. And they had the the baloney like the big chunks like on special it was like oh my god am i gonna come home with a big hunk of baloney i'm like no i need to pace i have to have some baloney pace because i have a feeling keller at uh bonton he's on board people have been talking about baloney it, it could be the uh, summer of baloney a baloney summer and apparently that's a uh, south american capybara that's the oh, is it a capybara? Now that you say it, you're like, well, yeah, that's obviously a whatever the hell a capybara is. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Which is different than the, the uh, kookaburra. Correct. Yeah, kookaburra would be... Uh, it sits on the old gum tree. Mary, Mary, king of the bushes, he. Laugh, kookaburra, laugh, kookaburra, You know, Peter Klein of McLeod Law is the personal injury guy, but did you know that he's also the go-to guy in Calgary? For your disability insurance claim, if you, if you're, if, if you're in a situation and your long-term disability insurance company is refusing to pay insurance benefits to you that you deserve, contact Peter. He will get involved. He will get you the disability, the benefits that you deserve and paid for. He'll get you your peace of mind, and he will be. He's got your back. McLeod Law has your back. They're on your team and help you get that peace of mind that you deserve and paid for. So for McLeod Law, a little this day in Flames history. And it's not so much an event that took place, but it's a birthday today of one of the young guns. 
Oh yeah. I don't. This is kind of. This, this is, is peak young guns. Peak young guns. Danny Goche was a young gun. Derek Morris was a young gun. Yeah, he preceded it a little bit, as you'll see in one of the highlights. But congrats and happy birthday to Valerie Bure, yes. who was born on this date in 1974. Officially, or originally, I should say, a second round pick of Montreal in the 1982 entry draft. Played five, parts of four seasons in Montreal, but then, as you see, comes to Calgary. And his, uh, it doesn't explode, but his, uh, his, his career really starts to blossom. Let's go some goals here. Burray and a fourth round pick, which uh, the Flames used to select Sean Sutter in exchange for Zarly Zalapsky and Jonas Hoagland. Hoagland. Mm-hmm. Burray played the, uh, the final 16 games of that 97-98 season and then three more in Calgary. We can take a look there, Jack. You can press play. 256 games, 93 goals, career-high 35 of them in 99-2000, 192 points. As, as miserable as the young gun era was, Guy yeah. could score. He was, that was, although that one kind of. Nice. Thank job there. Yeah, yeah, the good ball. Did look like there were some child labor issues, but he was of age. Don't be yeah, fooled by the baby face. That's true. Then the Flames traded him to Florida, along with the Weem dog right there. Yeah. In exchange for Rob, the Bod Niedermeyer. Oh, it's the wrong Niedermeyer, Dean. And a second round pick. And I'll tell you who they selected with that second round Don't. pick. Don't. See, so there's Flurry and Burray. And then, of course, Flurry left. And the young guns were born. Candace Cameron, right? Well, I, I, I think it's the only Russian player to come to the NHL, or his wife is more famous than he was. Now that goal there, look at the look at the decoy set up from Dwayne Hay, who's going to the just hey just go to the back post, go to the far post, stick in the ice. Look at him. Oh, you're going to shoot it and not pass. Well, I'm happy for you anyway. Bernie, you're up. That's awesome. So there you go. Born on in 74 in this state. Former flame, Val Bure. Val highlights. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy's famous uh, celebrity interaction, Candace Cameron, was here to watch a game, and he was just so delighted to be hammering his chips with the cheese sauce. Oh, no, Tommy, no. Walked right into her cheese sauce all over the shirt. Oh, dear. That's awful. Poor Candace was not impressed. Ugh. So the second-round pick, that so it's Burray and Weimer to Florida for Niedermeyer and a second. Yeah. They used the second on Andre Medvedev. You may not remember Andre Medvedev. Our Russian bear, no? Because he, uh, well, he's Russian. Mm. He played. Well, I was thinking Nazarov, th never mind. Three, uh, that was the Russian bear. No, this is the fat goalie. Played oh, for yes, Russia yes. three times at the World Juniors. I remember watching the one performance. He was in for warm-up and then just skated to the bench, hopped up on the top of the dasher board by the water bottles on the bench mm -hmm. and just sat there and waited for warm-up to be over. He was done. This guy had the uh, Nick Ritchie furnace face times 10. It was, uh, he, he, was had, he had the red going. Yeah. yeah, he was listed at 6'1", 249 pounds. That's very And generous. at that time, it was like 249. I mean, he's, that was months ago, years yeah. ago, that he was 249. 
Uh, played two pro seasons in Russia, 21 games in 0405, and uh, just hung him up at the age of 22. Uh, you could say a failed second round pick. Yeah, you could. Yeah. So not a great this day in Flames history all around, but hey, oh, good memories of Val. Valbury. How good. do we like that Zalapsky deal? You want to walk us through that one again? It was. Jonas Holgan was a good hab for sure. Um, Zarly Zalapsky, uh, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, he good was player. a uh, he was a dynamic guy for sure. Mm. Let, you just we're waiting for him to really break through and be a superstar because he had all those tools and he was amazing to watch. Just shoot it a bit. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, too bad. Zarly Zalapsky uh, was uh, one of the guys back in the radio days, kind of came through the rotation as a potential co-host. Were you there for that? No. This would have been with uh, Rhett being one of the potential guys as well. So that yeah. predates me because yeah. that would have been a while time. Yeah, it was, it was obviously quite a while ago. But, yeah, he had come 15 in. 15 years? Yeah. Spent some time with Z or Zed, whichever. Or Zed's uh, plural country, if you wanted, uh, I suppose. Country you're from, yeah. Oh. This Day in Flames History brought to you by McLeod Law. Call Peter Klein at McLeod Law. It's McLeod-Law.com. They're all on social media at McLeod Law LLP. There's the phone number, 403-254-3864. Great guy and the best at what he does. And the people at McLeod Law are all of the uh, the very same ilk. You can rest assured you're getting the best when you contact and get in touch and in cahoots with McLeod Law. Hmm. Just left, eh? Yeah. Maybe maybe he's coming to town. We'll know if he is because he'll be here. Yeah. That's how we know he's here. If you're watching that hockey game tonight. Yeah. Maybe. Just maybe you want to go to Madrose Pub. Maybe that's what you want to do today. Maybe you want to go, and what you're going to notice is that when you're walking in, it's like, is that is that the new patio? Is the patio open? Well, yes. Yes, it is. Open, ready for business. Madrose Pub. I, I like to think some of it's on us, but I think that uh, there's a lot of people talking about Madrose. Yeah, they've been doing a good job long before we started talking it's about It's probably part of the I'm just glad that we can yeah. all... You know, enjoy their great food and the great food, uh, the good staff, the atmosphere, and all that. Drink specials. I'll take a small. I'll take a little small. Uh, small credit. Twenty beers on tap. Kid friendly. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and the food is top floor. It is what separated them from your regular run of the mill pub and beyond that. It's a beautiful spot. New and the, the patio, as we said, is, is brand new. But it, it is a great spot. Can't wait to get there again. Fifteen Royal Vista yes, Place. Um. Today's wing day. Wings are on special today. So maybe you watch the uh, Vegas Golden Knights hoist it. Have some of those delicious wings. Those delicious wings up at Mad Rose Pub. Um, We can do Betway and get out of here. Betway bets. Okay, let's do it. uh, And get on with it. I'll start if you'd like. Fire away, boom. Going with hockey. Got a couple of them for you here. Vegas, Florida. I am going to say if there's injuries afoot, if Kachuk isn't right, if uh, Duclair isn't right, if uh, it sounds like Barkov maybe isn't right either, mm. and if Vegas can get a lead, hey, let's let's just win this thing. We don't need to win. Winning by Throw one or two, we don't need to win by five or six. Penalties maybe go down as the series goes along. I'm going to go under on the five and a half. 
plus 105. And uh, one of their pre-built bets on the Betway app, a Vegas Moneyline win, and Mark Stone to get a point. Mm. He has had points in every game. Really? Uh, one in game one, one in game two, two in game three, two in game four, six in the four games so far. Plus 125 for a Vegas win and a Stone point. That's my little pre-built parlay bet from the Betway app. Yeah, I like his chances of getting a point better than Michael Stone. Um, Did I say Michael? No. Oh, oh okay. Mark, better than Michael. Whatever. Mel, uh, Mickey. Hey, my, Michael Stone was on a tear at the end of the year. He was. Scoring goals. I'm waiting for the uh, to see if Kirk Connor has the same drawer in his desk that Brad Living had, where every uh, September 28, he pulls out a Michael Stone piece. You know? Yeah. Uh, Vegas, Florida. I'm going to take Vegas minus one and a half. All you need is an empty netter in a close game, or maybe they just are a little bit better tonight. They don't have to hang on by the fingernails we saw in games uh, two and three in Florida. Also, how about this? If they're going to win, these two guys have been awesome. Marcheseau and Eichel plus five fifty is a big number. Dean, I understand this isn't highly probable, but plus five fifty is a big number. If it does, I'm getting paid politely for it. I like that one and a half for sure to, yeah. to be that far into the plus with the, yeah. uh, it feels like it's oh, over. Like if they yeah. get a lead and 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 you're missing Kachuk and there's a lot of guys that aren't right and that crowd's going and I mean it just feels like we know how this is going to end if you're the Florida Panthers. You've seen it three out of four games. The one game they won, what they needed a miraculous game time goal in the final two minutes, three minutes, and then overtime. Like come yeah. on now, they have not been uh, competitive a lot of nights. No, and Vegas was very good in that game too. They had that totally lead, like you say till late so. Well, I, I do uh, – I, I don't like awkward. Awkward's hard. I, I, I don't know what we should talk about on the air and off the air. It feels like anytime we get in a heated debate, he says I'm calling him stupid, and I never call him stupid. I don't think he's an idiot. I think he's a really smart guy, but if, if I take the other side of something and I'm passionate about my take, he feels like I'm shoving something in his face. I'm sorry. It's tone. There is and tone. You have tone issues. Yeah, I do. And I like that's that's the same tone issues I've had for 10 years working with this guy. And yeah. to be fair, I've taken a lot of shit and I don't walk on a show. I've been, I was the, for 4 years I got fucking stomped on by you guys, but I understood that was good for the show and I could be a pro. No? See there that's, that's again some of that tone right okay. there. It was the tone. It was, it was kind of the tone, yeah. It, it's tone and then there's always a little bit over the top right at the end. There's bite, always a little, little bit extra. of a kind of and clunk a little whack-a-mole on on top of it all. So sorry, Brent Cron. Yeah, see, like that. There was no. It was c- completely egregious and gratuitous. No need yeah. for any of that. It, but uh, but there it is. Well, Oilers suck. Dig up, stupid. See you tomorrow, buddies. <laughs>